simple is often more complicated and vice versa. Hi, and welcome to the A&J PEI Treasures E. Jean Simpson author blog post and podcast. I'm your host, Jean, coming to you from the beautiful province of Prince Edward Island, Canada. Today's podcast and blog post centers on a phenomena I've noticed in life. When someone wants to make something simple, it really is more complicated. And if someone wants to make it complicated, it really is simpler. If you want to find out more, then stay tuned. I find that often, to quote Captain Jack Sparrow, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. For example, I've seen some news on a local incident where some children were bullied over sexual identity. It was made out to be so complicated. The teachers tried to do what they could, and it was more or less made a problem of the school. In the spirit of Captain Jack, the problem was not just a school problem. What made it complicated is that there are children who are instructed in the dislike of anyone who is not of their faith, belief system, race, religion, different in any way from the norm. This results in bullying and the school is held at fault. There is a spotlight put on the school and the government goes into a frenzy trying to solve the school problem. Well, to begin with, where do you think the children get this attitude? As Nelson Mandela so eloquently states, no one is born hating another person because of color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. So this is not simply a school problem. This is a societal problem, and if we want to deal with it, it will take everyone being involved. The children are the place to start, but without church, state, and families, friends, co-workers, etc. all being on board, then we just regress into more school problems. So first, where do the children get this attitude? Where do they first decide that someone who is different is not acceptable? Schools aren't teaching it, but if they are, this needs to stop. Hmm, where does it come from then, you ask? I'm just going to leave you with this thought and present some ideas. According to the Mayo Clinic, and I have a link in my blog post and podcast write-up, children develop their own sexual identity by age three, but do recognize males and female, etc., gender roles as young as 18 to 24 months. So though it is not unusual for children to show interest or claim to be one or the other gender, or neither at given points, but if it remains consistent over time, then one needs to examine the idea. Further, to be honest, people have developed different gender associations throughout history. This is not something new or unheard of. According to an HRC newsletter, and I have the link in it in my podcast write-up and blog post, they have found evidence of different sexuality existing as far back as 5,000 to 3,000 BC and has been accepted in the First Nations people and are termed two-spirit people. And this I got from the dictionary, and I have a link to that as well. CNN also suggests that children learn to categorize as a way of making sense of the world and will, of course, replicate what is rewarded. And this may result indirectly to some negative learning.
So is it language? Is it what they hear around them? Either way, what we have is a problem that we all need to work on. Otherwise, it will stay a school problem. I remember my childhood that they made a big deal of Smokey the Bear and Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute campaigns. Now, this is where schools come in. They really did a push on not tossing rubbish out the windows. They had catchy little sayings like Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute, using cute little woodland creatures. This was, of course, directed at the children. They did note that this did make a difference and people were less prone to litter because they got told by their kids. Sorry, I was a child and don't remember much except what I was told by my parents then. So yes, the schools are instrumental in changing society because the children will teach the parents. I also remember going back to school for my second degree. When I did my first paper, I was made to redo it. Yes, redo the whole paper. The talk went something like, I know you haven't been back in a bit, but we started to get rid of the gender-specific language. And it went from there. At first, I found it annoying, as it changed the whole method of writing, and I had to learn to change the words, and it was hard to change how I talked about things. But over time, it got easier. Then I also took a woman's sociology course. I learned a lot and started to see how changing one's language could change what we see and how we see things. Sure, it's hard to change things overnight. It took a lot of extra work in editing my papers, but in the end, I could see how it made it possible for women as well as men to have done great things, and it wasn't all just masculine terms. I remember the term project for her course. Everyone was complaining about how they would have to hunt to find enough women's issues to do a whole paper. I literally found a binder worth. I could see how the language, how the terms, how everything was working against female involvement. I had the biggest project and got a great mark on it. What was the difference between me and the others in the class? Well, most of them went through with the changes of language, and this might have just been overlooked. Where I had to make the effort, I could see clearly the logic and where it came from. This is the sort of thing that we need to do when talking about gender, racism, and a lot of issues. Keep our minds open and be willing to understand that somehow we might change things by simply changing how we talk about things and how we see them. It was the defining moment for me. It made me realize that what you say definitely has an effect and how you say it may be formative in any movement. People will complain, it will be resented, but in the end, you will learn a ton of stuff and you will change the way you talk and see things forever. I think mostly what I would encourage is that we look at ourselves, our attitudes, and our biases. We need to acknowledge them and work at informing ourselves better. We all need to work on this problem. The one thing I can always tell you is that children are only in school for so many hours in a day and only so many days in a year. School doesn't get to work with kids until they're about four or five years old. They get out of school, unless they go through secondary education, when they hit grade 12. If we want our children to be bias-free, intolerant, happy, well-adjusted people, we can't just rely on the schools sorting out all the problems or blame the schools when they don't meet what we expect. We as a society and as a community need to stand together in not supporting intolerance of any sort. We need to be awake to the possibility that what ails society is not fixable at only the school level. It needs to be fixed at all levels.
Schools may be instrumental in addressing it, but they are not the only ones who need to be involved. Everyone needs to treat all people respectfully. You should not be treating the person who is non-binary different from the person who is cisgender. I believe that we can achieve a society that is happier, well-adjusted, and more tolerant. We may have to be willing to be less judgmental and more tolerant. We may have to think about what we say for a short time. It isn't impossible, but it will take effort on the part of everyone. I think for a better world, I'd be willing to put in the work. I hope you would be too. Thanks for listening to my podcast and or reading my blog post. And thanks for your interest in A and J PEI treasures. Just one more thing. I have one of my children's ebooks up for the 2021 TCK award category five is general nonfiction. The big kids magical path to colors in nature. If you have a moment, we sure could use some votes. And that is in a link in my blog post and on the podcast write up. Our blog posts are available on WordPress, Goodreads, and the podcasts are available on Anchor FM in a variety of formats and also on iHeartRadio and through Podchaser. My ebooks can be found on Amazon. Keep watching for more ebooks and more formats. Currently working towards getting my ebooks up on Smashwords and will be affiliate when I do. We're always working on something. Thank you for listening.